Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. that time jersey we finally made it to the beginning of super bowl week look you got to take a little victories where you can and nate taylor is in arizona seth kaiser and myself joshua briscoe are here ready to do the dang super bowl podcasting because look guys it started it has truly begun radio row is hectic matchups are being discussed andy <laughs> reed nick sirianni and other players got asked some very silly questions over the course of their uh, media night availability it's just been even from out here back in the home base in kc mo even from out here nate it seems like the uh, the super bowl energy is if nothing else sizable if not all positive or negative or neutral there is energy around you at the moment. Is that is that fair to say? Um, reporting to you live from Phoenix, Josh, uh, the energy is seismic. That's that's <laughs> what I can report to you. Um, so you know, uh, out, outlandishly, gargantuanly, um, you know, just cataclysmic. Honestly, uh, what we have here, it's um. I asked a few people yesterday, even before opening night, as they like to say, um, and I'm going to describe that in great detail here soon, um, that we're fully back. Um, it is bit, it's a bit ironic, but it's also, I think, a bit quite interesting that the Chiefs were really in the last Super Bowl week run-up to the game uh, that we can all remember before the pandemic. And there were even some COVID restrictions last year in Los Angeles with the Rams and the Bengals. So of course, uh, everything's opened up. Um, There are hundreds of people here. There's a section of downtown Phoenix that they did not fix in time for the Super Bowl. Uh, And (laughs) and it's it's caused some problems, but... Um, I don't know what the San Antonio Spurs are doing from an attendance standpoint during our Lord, our Lord's 2022-23 season. What I can report to you guys is that there were thousands of people in the Phoenix Suns arena last night <laughs> to watch football players <laughs> talk to reporters. Let me repeat that one more time. I don't know how the San Antonio Spurs are doing from an attendance standpoint, but I truly believe that what I saw last night, which was, I don't think, I mean, maybe the league does have these numbers. I have not seen an attendance report, but I believe in my heart that there were more people in the Phoenix Suns arena for a non-Phoenix Suns basketball game than there have been Watching the San Antonio Spurs 
play actual basketball games in front of their hometown fans. Um, this is the crowning achievement of Donna Kelsey's life. Can Has, I say, she is can I say that? Has can to I, be. The, the, the crowning achievement. I, I know <laughs> she's been married. I know she's had children. I know she's had her own successful career. You can all look this up. Um, but this is it. This is the pinnacle. It can't get any better than this. Um, she brings such a joy to all the atmospheres. Um, I'm tired. I don't know how she's doing this. I don't know how, right? y'all. That she seems how? like just infinite energy, and she seems delightful. What are they What are they giving this woman? Can, can <laughs> what are they, they giving the Kelsey family, man? Can they give something to us? Oh, That Kelsey DNA, dude, That they are literally built different. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it, it's, it's fun to be here. Radio Row is um, really chaotic. I just want to get on the TikTok, uh, you know, little section, like... TikToks here, guys. Like so good. TikTok came to Radio Row and said, "Look at all these broke, you know what's." <laughs> TikTok's like, "Yeah, we'll take the whole left corner. That's cool. <laughs> we'll do it. Say something." <laughs> Radio stations, you get a table. Radio station, you get a table. TikTok, uh, half the center, I guess, is yours. Your TikTok. What are you? Yeah, are you pitching pennies on. Um. It was reporters over here to do little dances. It, it's it's really cool. Um, I will I will start with this, and then we can obviously expand. Um, I actually got to tell Tiffany Morton, one of the athletic trainers, obviously what I said a few episodes ago about my dad saying that they need to demand raises. Um, yes. This made Tiffany giggle to no end, <laughs> <laughs> to which she said. Um, well, Brett Veach is right there, so let's not let's oh. not have this. Let's. Oh like, no, she played get, it wrong. She should have said, "Come on over, let's go talk to Brett." <laughs> he was literally ten feet from us. <laughs> um, and so she was like, "Let's let's up, uh, but but let's see how the season ends." But oh, t- tell your dad thanks. And then she said, "There was no." I mean, this is a rare one, kids. Tiffany Wharton said, "There's no fucking way we are losing to the Bengals." <laughs> And I have saved that quote specifically for this podcast. Is she going to get in trouble, Nate? Did you just get her in trouble? No, she said that to me in confidence. (laughs) That's what I'm afraid of. (laughs) Nate, you know we're recording, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. No, she's... I mean, she knows. It's a joke. Seth, Seth, you're a lawyer. No, she... Seth, you're a lawyer. Protect. I don't care about Nate at this point. He's given up his his uh, rights to privacy. Protect Tiffany. You know, anytime someone is paraphrased, it's hard to say exactly what they did or didn't say. Thank and you. So, whatever things that this person, whose name, I mean, is she is her real name Tiffany? I don't know. It's hard, hard to say. say. I mean, did you get photo ID? Do you could that know? have been someone who looked like her? That was her. That could have been just, that could have been anyone. Radio Row was a crazy place. Crazy place. And it could have been anyone just imitating and impersonating a chief staff member that may or may not exist. I haven't looked recently at the chief's hiring records. So all of this is just really hard to say exactly what even happened. Look, man, if if, if the assistant athletic trainer thinks this, then the then then uh, I'm just yeah. giving you more I'm just giving you more access to the team's thought process last yes. last time they played football. Let me you know, I actually can somewhat um 
I can kind of identify with the fact. I, I'm glad that there were two weeks between Bengals and Whew. Super Bowl. No kidding. Because they they that was a big one. That was like that meant a lot to them. Yes. The amount of the amount of trash talking and whatever. I mean, I like I there's no ill will toward the Bengals or their fans with me. I mean, you know, they they were winning. Talk trash. That's how that works. And it doesn't really bother me. I think Frank Clark said something like that. Like, well, they've won three in a row. So yeah, they can talk. And all the just I think everyone knew what was at stake in terms of narratives and trash talk and legacy and all this stuff in one game. And I think you need a couple days to come down from that and then like reset, like, oh yeah, we got one more. And that's why I think you hear, you know, Mahomes so much job's not done, you know, and all the, you know, and everyone loves to quote Kobe with that. It's a great quote. Um, but I, I think they definitely needed that because I do think that permeated the entire organization. Like, we are not letting this team beat us again. And hey, they didn't. And they're in the Super Bowl, which is just delicious. It's just so much fun. I actually, them winning that, I just talked to uh, um, Lindsay Rhodes today. Yay! Uh, yeah, she's she. We're, we're, the, that podcast is going to be dropping tomorrow, everyone. She's going to entitle it something like, if you're not a cheese fan, you're going to hate this episode. Because um, <laughs> I basically, like, she spent like the first 10 minutes asking me really good questions about... Um, Mahomes' greatness, and I did not hold back. And it was fun. Nor, nor should you, honestly. No. I mean, nor should you. <laughs> no, we actually talked about being the new Patriots, and the fact is, in like, have the Chiefs won as much as the Patriots? No, no one in NFL history did. So we'll see. But are they currently the most hated team in the NFL? Kind of, yeah. They're the team. People are like, ah, oh, that's rigged. It's like, okay, sure. Why not? You know, like, I, and it's fun to talk about that because she was asking me, like, so how does that feel as like a Chiefs fan? I was like, it feels incredible. <laughs> it is. Oh, it's just the best. And I said, so honestly, I really mean this to fan bases of all other teams. We as Chiefs fans are genuinely sorry that we're not even a little sorry. Like, I feel bad of how not bad I feel. That's where the Minnesota Chiefs fan comes in, especially, I think. Yeah, it's just like, I feel bad how much I'm relishing all of this. Um, you're really so, sorry that you're not that sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's about time someone said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, just before we talk about other things, can I just give a shout out to a c- couple of our listeners? Yeah, just yes. ideally, ideally get them in trouble, too, if you can, just in case that, you know, their conversation about getting a raise and then <laughs> I, using a dirty word shows up. I would like to hear I, you cuss, please. I, I, I'm just going to, I went on a bit of a rant about reviews and my feelings being hurt, and some of you came through. Kevster, five-star review, title, nice things. <laughs> Subject, or the, the, the actual, the body, nice things. Literally what he said. Uh, shout out to RBBO60s. I don't know what that means. It's probably something that I'm going to feel bad about later. Five stars. Subject. Glad you all start stop typing during recording. Body. <laughs> Yay. You're welcome. One more. Uh, there's actually... Oh, there's two more. <laughs> that sorry. one's such a good one, too. W. Baker. Five stars. Just doing this for Seth's mental health. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. And then Ryan Murray said some really, really nice things about how we are genuinely like, it's like, well, they, I, you know what? I'm going to read this. Okay. This is a little mm, bit longer. It's going to make me uncomfortable. 
Yeah, probably. It's a genuine compliment. I think he's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Says, yeah, Seth, I don't know about I don't know about an authentic compliment. I don't typically leave reviews, but after hearing the most recent episode, I feel compelled to. Most of the quote unquote good cheese podcasts are prescriptive, and sometimes the hosts sound more like bad radio personalities like Josh Briscoe. No, I'm kidding, you didn't say this. Hey! Most like bad like. radio personalities than real guys talking about the greatest franchise in the NFL. What makes Times R so great is their ability to make you feel like you're hanging out with your friends talking Chiefs. They're oh. all personable, make it fun, and you're not constantly posturing during the conversation, which is what you get from a lot of other shows. The show has it all. If you don't give a five-star review, then you obviously hate hippos, and that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh, going to be so confusing to see yeah. that review again in six months. Oh, yeah. What does the hippo think about again? Well, and here's, here's the other one. Make these guys happy. Let them laugh and be merry. <clears throat> this is the last part. Also, don't leave dumb four-star reviews and talk about your own problems with joy and laughter. It's just a bad look. Ryan, you're a real MVP, my friend. You. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and you clearly like hippos, so that was nice. I love that. Um, and since that works so well, I'd like to go ahead and try something else. If you'd like to send an envelope to, of cash, go ahead and address it to Joshua Briscoe, and I'll uh, set up a P.O. box. No, thank you, everybody. Those are very good. Those are funny and then uh, sincere and then funny again. So I uh, I appreciate that very much. And so this way, now we're going to get some reviews about how self-aggrandizing we were by in the, the Super Bowl week episode one. Oh, please this, don't do it's that. A, <laughs> hey, it's just, a, it's just a first of two. Like... That's yeah, right. Like, that's right. The, the crazy, the crazy thing is, they just practiced today. Like you know, um, to which we could kind of get a glimpse of what's going on, or at least get an update. Um, it is wow. You you show up and you're like, all right, Super Bowl week, and it's like, dang, there's still five more days till kickoff. It's <laughs> <Yep. laughs> crazy. Uh, and let's let's take the segue from the athletic training staff to the benefits of a, an extra week off to the practice reports that we've been getting. Um, Andy Reid said today, being uh, Tuesday, I know we usually do this on Monday, this week's different. Um, Andy Reid said today, Tuesday, that uh, everybody would practice today and that everybody was out there on Monday as well, and of all of the active roster guys. Yes. Um, and since our last episode, McCole Hardman was placed back on injured reserve, which is unfortunate. And they activated Clyde Edwards Elaire, who has tweeted about being healthy for a while. He told Jason Anderson in a conversation on Monday night out there. I don't know if you also talked to him, Nate, but I'm going to give Jason his props on this one. Um, well, I'd love to hear what you said also, because, uh, uh, yes, Jason talked to him for long enough to figure out that, yeah, man, he's been ready to go for a while. And it's just been a matter of not getting his number called. He seemed like he had a good attitude about it and everything. Um, but that was that was interesting. I want to I want to get your Monday night observations in a second, Nate. But if we if we can get the injuries in and out of here, how should people be feeling right now in terms of Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Kadarius Tony, Willie Gay? Uh, Legarius Sneed is out of concussion protocol. Anybody there that you think is in better shape than the others right now? I think everybody's in as good a shape as you could ask for based on what we saw in the championship game um, other than Juju. I'm still a bit leery as to whether or not Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be like fully effective or fully healthy on the knee injury. Um, I, I said it to, uh, I believe, Robert Mays on the athletic football show. Like, I'm just concerned that, like, you know, because he operates so much in the middle of the field in the intermediate zone, like, is he going to get tackled by two guys? And is that knee going to, like, obviously withstand um, the the physicality of, obviously, you know, the Super Bowl and just the speed of the game? Um, but everybody else, you know, obviously, Kadarius Tony pretty much told us 
after the win against the Bengals that he felt he would play. He basically doubled down on that last night on opening on opening night, saying, I'm definitely going to play. Um, it's great that Legereus Sneed is uh, out of the concussion protocol because now he's going to go through the full week of the game plan, whereas last week he was just sort of understanding what the game plan was going to be, but now he actually participates with his teammates. Um, so it's not like a thing where, hey, he only had one or two practices. Uh, he'll have the whole four to five that you usually get on the week of the game. Um, everybody else, I think, is pretty set. Um, Willie Gay doesn't seem to have any issues um, from what Thank I can you. tell. Yeah, huge deal based on based on what he told us. Um, so that's good. I think another thing that's uh, really helpful is that um, because Clyde Edwards because Clyde Edwards Alaire is going to be back in this game, and he he told me that he does expect to play. Um, is that now they're going to have a full complement of pass catchers from the running back position. The idea that now when he's on the field occasionally. Um, the Chiefs can dump it off to Clyde or use screens for Clyde in much of the same way they do for, obviously, McKinnon and Pacheco. Um, so it does give them another short passing option for Mahomes, who's obviously still trying to manage where his ankle is. Um, my best guess, as Andy Reid said today, and I'm sure you heard, Josh, um, Andy Reid looked at Pete Sweeney and said, I can't guarantee you he's 100%. And then he told Pete, uh, but he is better than he was, you know, the last time we saw him on the field. So as I sort of infer everything and get a sense and talk to some of the athletic trainers, um, I get the sense that he might be somewhere around 85%. Um, So if you want to say that, like, he was 70%, all things considered, against the Bengals then 85% is obviously a, a nice sizable jump for him um, to see if he can sort of pass on the run a little bit more consistently where it doesn't hurt when he stops. Um, but yeah, th- for everything that we understood, how this team looked in the championship game, uh, getting these two weeks has done them, um, has, has really benefited them. And I think everybody at least is going to be available to be in the game on Sunday. Seth, I want to like get real deep into what you wrote already up in the newsletter about the Eagles defense. And um, we're going to have plenty of time to do that leading all the way up. So um, it's it, it, super interesting. MNChiefsFan.substack.com. Uh, I didn't even mind that there weren't as many pictures in this one, Seth. Uh, usually I prefer my my book staff pictures. But <laughs> you, you asked the question, and I think you do a good job. I haven't checked the comment section, but I think you do a good job of preemptively defending yourself from Eagles fans. Uh, because you're saying, hey, we just don't have a lot of evidence of any sort of the Eagles defense against really good offenses and really good quarterbacks. We just don't have much of that. Um, I obviously you can you can work through this piece as much as you want. I, I really do think it's a uh, maybe the most interesting part of this game right now. Uh, but that might be because of my current levels of belief in the Chiefs defense, which we'll also, I'm sure, talk about at some point this week. Uh, but. When you have Patrick Mahomes, that's good. The return of Kadarius Tony, but that's always kind of touch and go. When you hear Nate say there's some real reservations for him about Juju Smith-Schuster, but you've also got number 87 out there. What's the what's the vibe check for you? And then how much does does Juju or Tony end up kind of moving that needle for you in, in light of what you've uh, seen so far from the Eagles defense? I think situationally, um, and this this might not make a lot of sense, 
I think you need Kadarius Tony 100% more than you need Juju Smith-Schuster 100%. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The first would be that the nature of the roles that they play. <clears throat> Seriously, what is up with me? Anyway, <laughs> the, the nature of the roles that they play. Juju Smith-Schuster has shown he knows how to work zone coverage pretty well, even when he's not running, even when he's not 100%. I don't think he's been 100% most of the season, honestly. You could see a difference in how he was running um, midway through the season. And that's been a consistent thing for him with his knee over the last few years. And that's one of the reasons he's not a deep threat like he was earlier in his career. And that just is what it is. I think he knows zone defenses well enough. He does a pretty good job with that, that he can still you know, if he's 75%, because he's going to try. I mean, that's almost a given. Yeah, like no, he's, he'll he'll play. I, yeah. I just, can I guarantee you that he'll get through the game? I, I don't know. I mean, he, right. he he didn't get through the last game we just saw. Right. And so if he can, if he can get through the game at 75, 80%, I think that can still provide the Chiefs some value. Tony, I think they need him a lot more now that McCole Hardman's out because and I know we're going to get deeper into the analysis in our in our second show of the week, but the pass rush of the Eagles is an issue, and the talent of their edge rushers against the Chiefs tackles is an issue, and one of the ways that they control that is with jet sweeps and you know you know half moon motion or orbit motions, whatever you want to call it. I mean, all sorts of craziness. And by far the best guy at that on their roster, if McCool Hardman's not there, is Kadarius Tony. Sky Moore has shown that he, he's got the athleticism to do it, but it's not really his thing. Like he did one thing I will say to his credit, he looked better in the AFC Championship doing it than he did in the divisional round. A little more decisive about when to just, you know, take the yards. Yeah. Cut upfield, take the five yards. And so Hardman's really good at that stuff, really good because of his unusual athleticism. Tony isn't quite as fast, but he's impossible. It's like trying to tackle smoke. Um, he just needs to not juke himself into a hamstring injury. Um, and so those those specific things, the jet sweep action, the actual jet sweeps themselves, some of those quick wide receiver screens, some of those quick draws, some of the some of those things are things that you would have McCole Hardman do that you need Kadarius Tony to do um, to to be optimal efficiency and slow down their pass rush. So I think that's a big deal. It's great that he's feeling well, but I, I think you 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 definitely want at least one of them. To be good to go. And but if I had to pick one, because Juju's gonna play, like you said. And if but if I could pick like if one could be 100 percent one could be 75, I'd actually take Tony because of that, because of Hardman being out and that niche that he fills. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I I wonder if in this deal with the devil we're making, if we can get some certainty that Canarius Tony will also be 100% at the end of the fourth quarter. Now, the way that I phrased it means it's going to overtime and he's getting hurt. Like, that's the that's the loophole that I just invited from my my magic lamp. Um, but, I mean, Nate, what, what would you say to that in terms of, again, just sort of what the Chiefs offense, where it struggled, where they've found some sparks and, and with the guys that might not be there specifically with uh, Seth's take on Tony that I, I think I agree with. If you get him at 100%, probably the most impactful addition you could make. Yeah, and then, you know, he really becomes, like Seth said, obviously the guy in motion a lot, and he becomes perhaps your second-best uh, perimeter guy alongside Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. 
um, who's obviously going to be asked to run some deep routes, who's going to um, be put in some one-on-one opportunities to obviously succeed, you would think. Um, and then I, we have not talked. I didn't see Justin Watson. Um, I hope to talk to him uh, either tomorrow or Thursday. But look, he's he's another guy where you know he missed the AFC Championship game because of an illness. Um, they obviously wanted to give Michael Hartman a chance, so he basically took uh, Justin Watson's spot in the offense, and then Marcus Kemp filled in um, on special teams, and then until he was obviously thrusted into the into the offense in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm wondering if Justin Watson will be obviously um, one of those you know underrated sort of sneaky um, options where they say you know you're a burner you can get upfield you know um, there's been times this year where obviously he's been open it's just a matter of whether or not he's going to be consistent in catching the ball and getting the most out of the opportunities but you know them getting Justin Watson back along with Kadarius Tony uh, having Juju run routes alongside Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field. Um, it gives them a full collection uh, that you could ask for from a receiving standpoint. Um, still knowing you have uh, Jody Fortson, who had a hell of a night last night uh, on opening night. You still have, obviously, you know Noah Gray, who is a really nice secondary option from a tight end position. And, of course, we talked before about the running backs. Um, I don't know if they're going to use Sky Moore a ton. One would think that he would come from the slot for the most part. Um, but I, I wonder, based on the veteran status, the top-end speed, the chance to sort of stretch the field, um, I think this game might be more in line for Justin Watson than Sky Moore. I also think that kind of makes sense. You said last week, right, that, that it was it was a, I think you said it, essentially a healthy scratch for Justin Watson before all the receivers got hurt in front of him. Yeah, and... and and the question that I wanted to ask him is like he had an illness in the practices running up to the game, but they ultimately decided that you know uh, McColl was obviously wanting to 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 get back on the field. Um, they think he can be dynamic. Obviously, um, as we said before, he had a really you know important third down reception, which obviously led to his injury. But I think with with them having Marcus Kemp on the roster. They felt like Marcus Kemp would obviously do fine on special teams, and then they were going to give McColl a chance. And maybe Justin Watson um, would have been, you know, as close to healthy as you could be, obviously coming back from an illness uh, earlier in the week. So it was the first game that Justin Watson has missed all season, um, which I also, you know, have kept in in the back of my mind here. But yeah, I think he'll be, I think he'll be a factor, and will probably be back to being, you know, on the on the on the field uh, come Sunday. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And Seth, I, I, I again, we've, we've mentioned this several times now. We will have another episode the back end of the week somewhere. We'll figure out exactly where because, you know, the hecticness of, of it all. But are there any more of the weeds you want to get into here now with the Eagles defense and, and some of the stuff that you think is at least kind of the, the introductory part to uh, people who are going to go check out the article? Or, or do you feel sure. like you've kind of got what you need? I I would love to talk a little bit about it. You know, I, I obviously people, hey, go check out the article. I worked hard on it. Um, do you have any idea when you are not a data tech type person, how long it takes to create a document that lists every opponent for a team, the EPA wow. allowed, the QB rating yards per pass? I bet someone could do that in like five minutes. It took me like an hour. So I'm going to see if I can find any misspellings or anything in here while I'm at it. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I, in terms of what the Eagles do schematically and that kind of stuff, I, I'm going to write Heineke. a... What? You got Heineke right. That's when I had to Google. I wasn't sure about Heineke. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Um, the the Eagles, they're, they're a well-coached team. They tend to rush for more often than they blitz. Um, they really rely on their top two corners. And with Maddox probably being back for the Super Bowl... Um, he's, he's kind of usually their slot corner. They trust him. Um, so they got three corners that they trust. And then they, they obviously have a safety that they kind of use as almost a Rover type. Um, and so I'm going to write a little bit about more about that stuff in depth. I'm going to kind of do it like I did with before the AFC championship. Like if I were Andy Reid and I were Brett Beach or not Brett Beach, if I were Steve Spagnuolo, a couple things that I would do. Did the Chiefs do those things with some success? Yeah, yeah. Turns out they did. Yeah, it was all right. It was cool. I've uh, I've taken plenty of victory laps about the AFC Championship, so I won't do more of that right this second. I might later. We'll see. It's hard to say what I might do. Um, the the thing I want to focus on now, though, is more just like, well, what is the Eagles' defense? And what I found, I don't know. Maybe I'm taking crazy pills. And you guys, maybe you've read it, maybe you haven't. Oh, I have. 
Like, I've actually been the... using Substack Sweet Listen to the Story uh, button. I've been doing that a lot more recently. So I've actually <laughs> yeah, listened I, to this. I've had people tell me they really like that. And I've thought about, because you can actually record it yourself. Ooh. Um, We're going to get a little, little narration from one Seth Kaiser? Yeah, you know, that would be kind of fun, you know. Here are the numbers. You'll see that a few teams, <laughs> six to be exact, have been bolded. I mean, okay, I so mean, can, we, can we get NFL NFL films music as, as a little backdrop? A little backdrop? Back and okay, that would have man. more gravitas than I could handle. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just some interesting things. I say this with a bunch of caveats, and and you pointed out, you know, I, I tried because I didn't want Eagles fans mad at me. But you got to subscribe to comments, so if Eagles fans <laughs> want to give me money to yell at me. It'll cost you like a buck fifty. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. You want to pay twelve would, bucks to yell so at me? Many, that's fine. There's so many people who I would pay twelve bucks to, to each <laughs> yeah, yelling actually, at them. That's not a bad business model, to be perfectly honest. There's a lot of dudes in society that if they said, "Hey, on such and such date, I'm gonna go to this place, and if you come in and pay five dollars, you get ten like five minutes to tell me what you think of me." Mm-hmm. And that's I a bad ratio, I think, uh, of dollars to time. But I like the idea a lot. Uh, 30 seconds a piece. Anyway, I bet people would still do that. Um, so if you really What's your Venmo, it, Seth? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> I just I was wondering how I could send you $12 the most efficiently. Yeah, and we could just know, save about five minutes after this uh, I, after the show today. I, gotta I keep letting you say the stuff you don't like about me for free like a sucker. <laughs> I don't know what my problem is. But here's it, it, when I went back and I, I'd heard a few things about the Eagle strength of schedule. Um, there's some really good Twitter threads on that, actually, that I, I've retweeted some of it. But I was curious. And so I went back and I looked. And it really is true that as good, their defense is very good on paper. They've got a ton of talent up front and multiple guys they really trust at cornerback. That's the basis of a really good defense. But like the the best quarterbacks they've played this year were Dak Prescott and the combination of Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Other than that, like they played the Lions early in the season. But then it's like, then you you rapidly go to like, ah, Kirk Cousin, uh, Trevor, Kirk Cousins, sorry, Trevor Lawrence in a, you know, driving rainstorm where he just would not stop fumbling the ball. And then, you know, Daniel Jones. Who you destroyed in this story, by the way. That's proof of how I read it, because I know that you hurt Daniel Jones's family. I, you know, I felt bad. So how they win a playoff game. How? (laughs) I know know that. The 49ers. Literally didn't have a quarterback. No, 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 no. I'm gonna talk about the Giants. How how the Giants want a playoff game? (laughs) How the Giants do it? I mean, I I watched coach team. I watched it with my own eyes. They are a great example of how Saquon was amazing. If you can just get to the dance, you got a shot to win a game or two. And Daniel Jones, they're a very well coached team with some limitations at quarterback and in their weapons. Yeah, like, the, Eagle, the Eagles exposed them like, oh, they ain't got no receivers. Not, not yeah. top, no top in receivers. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, we're, oh. We're just going to man up these guys. <laughs> we're going to send multiple dudes at Jones. And Jones is not a, he's a one read and go guy right now. And that's just not a good combination of things. But so when you really break down how they've done against 
the better offenses they've played. Like one way of phrasing is like the four best offenses and, and Timo uh, Risky <clears throat> with PFF. He, he noted this, like when you look at the four best offenses they played in terms of DVOA, would have been the Cowboys with Dak, the Packers, the Jags, and the Lions. And the, the Jags, that was the one with all the crazy turnovers. And the rest dropped 33 or more on them. I'm not saying the Eagles have a bad defense. I'm saying I genuinely don't know because it doesn't really tell me much when you beat the daylights out of Carson Wentz or when you destroy Cooper Rush or or Pickett or Mills. I'm not even saying people's first names anymore, guys. Like, this is just not, you know, I mean, it's like, oh, man, yeah, we really gave it to the Andy Dalton-led Saints offense. Well, okay, that that's good. Because you should beat up on bad teams. The Chiefs didn't always, they don't always get that memo. Like sometimes the Chiefs are like, ah, yeah, we accidentally gave up 27 to, you know, some random <laughs> bad team. But it's just is worth noting when you talk about, you know, the level of dominance they've established. That's one reason why the NFC Championship was going to be so interesting, was to really see. And the problem is, you know, Purdy got hurt. And before he got hurt, it looked to me like the ball was moving. And now, to be fair, the Niners, really good offense. It, But so are the Chiefs. And then and then they just didn't, they weren't playing a quarterback anymore. And I'm not trying to hate on Josh Johnson. He was barely with the roster. Like, they had, like, you know, multiple delays a game. He wasn't ready to play. Yeah. And so and then he, he got hurt. Yeah, and then he got hurt. And Purdy had to go in there literally unable to throw a football. You got, you got poor George Kittle mic'd up asking Purdy if he can throw left-handed. If he's ambidextrous, did you listen to that mic'd up? No, it's, I did not know that. That's super, heartbreaking. It's super heartbreaking watching oh. George Kittle try to find hope while everyone around them knew the game was over. Yeah, George Kittle like like bending over the the you know the family dog. Oh, wake up, wake up, Brock! Come on, Brock! <laughs> oh gosh. It it really dark. I'm was. sorry. I just saw something about a dog on Twitter a second ago. Sure. I'm yeah, usually into dog stuff. Why would Fluffy stuff. wake up? And, Come on, Fluffy! And so it, it just, we don't know. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love moved the ball on them really well. The Cowboys with Dak moved the ball on them really well. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, early season version, mind you. That's mm-hmm. always different. Moved the ball very well. The, the Lions moved the ball very well. Now, I'm not saying they're not a good defense. I'm saying I don't know. And that's just interesting to me when you have a team that hasn't played anyone remotely as good as the Chiefs offense. It's just interesting. Nate, what do you think? What what where does your logic and last couple of days of of perhaps kind of brushing up with the uh some of the Eagles folks? What what do you make of all that? It's it's hard because the the Eagles have been pretty dominant when they've when they've had their full collection, right? Even with Jalen Hurts dealing with the shoulder injury, um, when they've wanted to win, they've largely won those games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give a, a lovely shout out because it's Super Bowl week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to my guy up in Iowa, Cody Goodwin, who texted me. Something that I hadn't thought about, but I do think it, it does lend itself to sort of a master class of all the things that football can provide you in a one-game scenario under a two-week sort of run-up. Uh, Cody asked me, 
Point blank. What are the odds the Chiefs 13 personnel the Eagles to death? Hmm. And the reason, obviously, you would run 13 personnel is, well, Travis Kelsey is obviously a chameleon. Yes, he can be a traditional tight end. He can be the Y. But also, you can motion him to your pleasure. You can put him on the outside. Um, Is Jody Fortin a tight end? I mean, it says it on the sheet, but he's got those receiver skills. It would obviously force Maddox off the field to what you said earlier, Seth, about, hey, if we think they got better cornerbacks than linebackers, we'll choose the linebackers. And 13 personnel, more times than not, would encourage the other side to put three linebackers on the field unless y'all just want to get bludgeoned with, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, um, you know, on first downs pretty heavily. Which, hey, maybe the Eagles are inviting that because maybe they know. We don't want to be covering these receivers for 45 dropbacks, even with a somewhat limited mobility that is Patrick Mahomes. But I think for Andy Reid and for Rick Bieniemy and Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes, these are the four men who basically put the game plan together on offense. It's a situation of spread, next play condense. Shotgun, next play condense play action. Or seven-man protection play actions. Like, I wonder... And and we kind of saw this the last time the the Chiefs were in Arizona. There were so many personnel groups they put on the field that I... I, It it was sort of comical that the Arizona Cardinals are like, this cannot be real. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, well, yeah, it's real. And then Vance Joseph was like, we can't mix and match with them. So, let's mess up with their timing. Let's blitz the living hell out of them. And then you realize he's he's that he's the, he's the best quarterback in the league. And even though he has new receivers and a plethora of tight ends and, you know, oh god, they just they just spread us out and like why are they going for it on fourth and goal? And it's like, "Oh, they're just going to get an easy touchdown to Clyde cuz, you know, one look suggests a certain thing, but then all five people can be lined to be receivers. I, I get the sense that for the Eagles to really communicate, um, which was basically what the 49ers were going to ask them to do, right? With Christian McCaffrey out, split out wide, mm-hmm. or obviously coming in motion with Debo Samuel and him basically changing roles constantly. Like you could tell Shanahan was like, we about to bootleg RPO play action, you know, do a bunch of deep overs like down the field and see if they can see if they can handle that um, even with a, a really dominant pass rush. I just wonder um, how many personnel groups can you get out there? How many formations can you show? How many things can you like, can they give the Eagles a cheesecake factory menu? Mm. But it's all delicious. <laughs> and sometimes that's really hard to do. You know, I would, I, by the way, I would, advise everybody don't do this don't set up don't set up your restaurant saying we're gonna do 10 things do four Mm-mm. do four do four and kill good it take good take do do four span the six in two years then get at me okay but the cheesecake factory is like this what we do you want that lobster we don't know where it's we don't even know where it's from but we're gonna give you that lobster 
the back rooms at, at, at Cheesecake Factory are like the end of the first Indiana Jones. The Ark of the Covenant's back there. There's some lobster. There's some chicken. There's obviously cheesecake. Did you say you wanted a, a, a pizza? <laughs> Go get him a pizza, Frank. Like, what? In my in in my uh, home, well, not my hometown, but where I lived before I, I moved to where I am now, they had one of the last of a dying breed, like a, a, a buffet restaurant like a buffet style restaurant that not just pizza, you know, like a pizza ranch or whatever with, with a few things, but like everything. It was a buffet, almost <laughs> anything you could conceive of. You there. want them chicken wings? Yeah. It's like, Hey, what if I want to go up there and I want to get, you know, some tater tot hot dish, some meatloaf, chicken wings, mashed potatoes, and a slice of pizza to go along with, you know, you know whatever else. You know, maybe a little slice of crab. That's not a crab, but, you know, something like that. It might be a slice of crab. Cheesecake Factory might give you a slice of crab. I went to their website because I wanted to search their menu specifically for sushi just to see if they had it. Of course when you they go do. To, when you go to menu.thecheesecakefactory.com, not a sponsor, it says menu. More than 250 dishes made fresh from scratch every day. Come holla at us. <laughs> That's so I wild. mean, we could, you could go to, and I'm, you know, you get a little bit of it. Call an audible every once in a while. You could go to Cheesecake Factory every day for a year. Let's make it every weekday so we get that number down. You go to Cheesecake Factory once a day, every workday for a year and never order the same thing twice. <gasps> so, so look. The so point, and so that's the Chiefs' offensive <laughs> strategy. <laughs> that's, what to, that's what I was about to say. So the idea is, let's give them a little filet mignon. Then let's give them, let's let's hit them with some pasta. Okay, you want some Caesar salad? Come get us. Hey, you like that French onion dip? Hey, that French onion dip got us eight yards. And then you start to piece together. These are the things they cannot. These are the things they're not equipped to stop at a high level. These are where we are. Not just um, exceptional, but we are extremely efficient, too. Um, and if that's getting in larger personnel groups and running the football with Isaiah Pacheco, and uh, they struggled to tackle mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And Christian McCaffrey's excellent. You want to know who's going to be um, charged up? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's probably going to be Isaiah Pacheco. Someone needs to check on Isaiah Pacheco pregame. Be like, look, I'm going to need you to take about 20% off the top. <laughs> because I just I, – and, like, look, I love how Pacheco runs. But, like – He running like his life depends he, on it. He does. He does not run like he's in a football game. He runs like he's on The Walking Dead. He runs <laughs> like he is in a scene from 28 weeks later because, you know, the zombies are fast. He runs like, <laughs> okay, I could, I could go on. That's what I'm saying. That man is just – I'm afraid for him. I'm like, man, what do you do when you have to cross the street? Because I just picture him just barreling through and like, no, nah, man, you made it across this time. But yeah, oh, I the one thing I would like to, to tweak there, Seth, is that I imagine him waiting for a car to be approaching <laughs> and then he takes off Look, just so he can feel it. Just so he can just so he can damage a car with his body and then continue walking to the side. He is he's, excuse me, running to the side. He's balder from God of War. He just wants to feel something. He's running around picking fights. That's right. I made a video game reference. Your references yeah. are unreal this stretch. I contain multitudes. Hey man. It seems like speaking of, play, by the way, playoff Seth. Can I read you something containing multitudes? Oh boy. I'd like to read you 
categories of the Cheesecake Factory menu. Mm. And then we mm. can talk about the cheese again. Get it, give These me, are not give it to items. Me. These are categories. categories. Yeah. Welcome from the bar. Small plates and snacks. Appetizers. Appetizer salads. Flatbread pizzas. Salads. Lunch favorites. Glam burgers. I want to know more. Sandwiches. Pasta. Specialties. Fish and steve- seafood. Steaks. Eggs and omelets. Saturday and Sunday brunch. Skinny licious. Side dishes. Desserts. Beverages. Kids menu. Happy hour. Special menu. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> a simple no. That's just too much. It's so much. That's just like, you can't you, possibly be good at that many that's things. That's exactly right. It seems impossible. But if, hey, they, would, if hey, they would like to hey. sponsor and we do a show from there, like I'd be willing to give them, give, give them a run for their money. Hey, man. Uh, all I want to say is I just, I know it's a one game sample. I know that um, legacies and reputations are obviously going to be altered based on this outcome. But we've seen them do it before. And I'm suggesting they do it again. Um, Giving you two weeks instead of one and the entire menu of the playbook, it just lends itself to the possibility of, why don't we hit them with 14 personnel? Just because we could. In the red zone. Just because you could could in the red zone. I am waiting for them to say, yeah, 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 we're definitely activating Kelsey Fortson and Gray this week. And Blake Bell. Me too. I want that to happen, unironically. I, I Because you know what? Blake Bell, he can be a gunner on special teams. He can do all sorts of stuff. Like, let the man cook. So can Fortson. He's played special teams a ton and done it well, by the way. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, a little bit of Fort season coming back to me there. Like, Hell yeah. I, I almost started to like, which, by the way, if I were to bet on someone scoring a touchdown, I'm ready to get hurt again and think that it's Jody Fortson. But we'll see. But I like I I do think show them things that they haven't seen before. Show them various looks. See how they respond to it. And that's part of what Andy Reid's script is. If you ever watch like that opening 15, you will see every single personnel combination you can imagine during that. And part of that is because Andy Reid's like, I wonder what they march out if we, uh, I don't know, let's do 13. What do you want to call? I don't care. Whatever. Uh <laughs> You know, something good. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, we completed a pass for seven yards. That's great. We also know what personnel they put in and how they yep. align them. And yep. that, that's so huge because he's just poking and prodding and looking for matchups that he likes, even while it's usually like this death march towards the end zone at the same time. I don't think we talk about that often enough. I feel like every once in a while we do, but it's a really interesting part of all this that I, I frankly just don't think the majority of fans are probably even thinking about that first 15 being a combination touchdown attempt and information gathering quest. Mm-hmm. Like that is a fascinating element of it uh, that especially in a game like this, you can really get your your favorite first 15 out there. I would and, like to see it. And when and when the and when the Eagles blitz, I'm going to just tell you all what it is. It's either cover one or cover three. Mm-hmm. That's what they play. That the is- numbers. That number suggests with this particular team, with this particular skills, y'all should probably be in cover three. Yes. With this quarterback, y'all better be in cover three. Um, that I That's MVS low key. I was mm. asked to pick a potential Super Bowl MVP who is not Mahomes, and it was kind of implied not Travis Kelsey either. 
Okay. I said, if you wanted like a dark horse guy, because all you need is one or two of them. And all you need with MVS is to hit on one or two of those throws if they decide to go cover one. That's interesting to me. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Remember, I, MVS again. three catches for 111 yards stat line. That's the kind of stat line I want for MVS this game. All right, Jonathan Gannon. Look, man, you the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't don't do it. Don't blitz them. Don't play that cover one. Pray for your family if you do cover zero. <laughs> Uh, we're here. So, Seth, would you like to tell us anything? Again, you can read the rest of this, and then I want to get Nate's stories from, from last night. Uh, if there's anything else seen setting in Arizona so far. But you also had your, your Patrick Mahomes AFC Championship game review go up since our last episode. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just always fun. And this was certainly no exception. Um, clearly, you know, the most entertaining football player currently playing football. Probably the fifth or sixth best quarterback. But, um, you know, we can all agree on that one at least. So what did you uh, what did you see that you think is worth at least the – the, the, the short version on the uh, the championship game review. Patrick Mahomes basically didn't have any of the things that people have tried to utilize to explain away why he's been so successful. Mm. If you if you took away Tyreek Hill, if you took away all these weapons, mm-hmm. if Andy Reid wasn't always calling winning plays. Tell him. If you took away all that schoolyard football, oh. then, you know, what can he really do if he can't run around? He couldn't run around. His ankle, he he could run a little, but he was no longer freakishly athletic. He could no longer run around and make schoolyard plays. Andy Reid and Big Lou, Anarumo, uh, man, uh, man, have the char- have the Cardinals hired him yet? They might have, <laughs> they, they want Kafka so bad. They want Kafka. Uh, and, they want and, Kafka. They and, want Kafka like I want ice cream. Based on what he did with <laughs> Daniel Jones, I get that. Um, that. That was impressive work he did. But... Man, get Lou out of the AFC because he has gone. Now, he hasn't dominated Big Red, but he's gone shot for shot with him. Do you have any idea how rare that is? Like, Andy Reid has had games where he's run up 40 easy on Bill Belichick. And Lou keeps up. So it wasn't Andy Reid just winning the plays. He had three healthy receivers. One was a rookie. One was a special teams guy. And one is a specialized deep threat. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Yes. Who was... I won't say triple teamed because that's not quite <laughs> accurate. But if you ask me, did he always have three defenders around him yes, at all times? Yes. 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 You look at the all 22, it is hilarious. They they started lining him up on the boundary just so they would drag guys over there. And then, of course, Tyreek Hill is long gone. He had none of those things and yet still succeeded against a, a high quality defense that was playing really, really well. And he did it by utilizing his Big old brain because Patrick Mahomes is excellent at quarterbacking and it should never have really been in doubt. He gets penalized in a lot of ways for his physical hold up. greatness. Hold, hold up. What? This is my open tweet deck and get ready for the show to be over. Hold, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, this, this does not involve the Chiefs, obviously. Uh, Guys, I love doing this. You obviously know this by now, but let, let me just give you my real reaction. At 540 Central, 440 Phoenix time, the Saints have invited quarterback Derek Carr for a visit. <laughs> this is via Ian Rappaport, uh, who I saw today. Shout out to him. Uh, the Saints invited quarterback Derek Carr for a visit, and the Raiders have granted permission 
for that to happen. The plan is for a visit tomorrow. Carr, who has a no trade clause, is doing his due diligence. And no trade is imminent. Hold yeah, up. man, because Hold Derek up. Carr should get there and say, let's talk when they cut me in a week. Hold up. <laughs> man, Hold Derek up. Carr. Look, he, why is he going to do the Raiders a favor on the I don't know why he would do that. Hold up. <laughs> and let me just also, what? Like, the Saints' salary count. <laughs> they have Jameis under contract next year, right? It's, Am I taking crazy yes. pills? I don't think you are. And also, they're like 60 mil over the cap. <laughs> yeah, and these guys, they just play And the bit. roster's not that good it's anymore. not. I don't know. Every Hold year up. with the Saints, it's like, this year... What's the plan this year? We're all in. It's like pinky in the brain. It's the same thing we did last every day. Right, references again, Seth. Unreal, my goodness. I'm, I'm really feeling it. They could good coming out. It's just, it's yeah. just good. But no, James, 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 James Winston is a $15.6 million yeah, they, and, and they, it, It's not movable money. Like, I'm looking at it right now. I What are... This is, this is, this is hold up, hold up, and this is, you know what? I know Chiefs fans have some beef with Derek Carr for various reasons, and I get that. Oh, but go ahead, honestly, do your thing. Then I want to talk about Derek Carr for 30 seconds. <laughs> honestly, why would he do this? This would be like the ultimate being nice when you don't have to move ever. I, I like to think of myself as a nice guy. I'm probably not, but I try, um, you know, saved by grace, etc. But I would never in a million years if I were him. Hey, we'd like to trade you. Okay. Um, you can either pay me the money you owe me in February or cut me and I'll go wherever I want. Yeah, but but Derek, what? no, no. Why no. would he do them a favor? It would be worse for the team he was going to. This has to just be like a scout mission and just, hey, let's just blink with the Raiders. So I'm not going to come see you guys anyway. Yeah, it makes sense. Here's my Derek Carr take real quick, uh, accentuated by him at the uh, Pro Bowl games. Uh, he was asked by Ryan Clark if he's ever been that locked in in Vegas, and he said never been that locked in, which is probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> the self-awareness there, the delivery of the line, all excellent. I've said this multiple times. Derek Carr seems like a grown-up in an organization that has desperately needed one for the majority of his entire time there. And so here's what I would like to offer to Chiefs fans. Maybe it's the Jets. Maybe it's somebody in the NFC. I think the Jets would be funny because now they're playing the Bills and Dolphins and that matters. But wherever it is, imagine Derek Carr going to some other team, winning a good number of games, making the playoffs. Maybe they win one playoff game in the next couple of years with him there. Maybe maybe it's a couple. Who's to say? Meanwhile, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders are just 7 and 10, 7 and 10, 7 and 10, as Mark <laughs> Davis never has the heart to actually go ahead and cut that one off. Imagine how funny that would be to watch Derek Carr succeed while the Raiders still flounder. If you're a Chiefs fan purely operating through spite, that's what I would still offer to you. Yeah. I'd laugh. I mean, just be very good. I need, I need all, I need all the details of this meeting. All Me the too. details. I hope, I hope Derek Carr goes in there wearing a wire. I hope someone's mic'd up. Uh, Ooh, this is an interesting tidbit. Not on Derek Carr, um, but it kind of goes towards what we were talking about before that. Which Nate, every time you do that, you scare the daylights out of me. Yeah, it's me like, too. Um, the Chiefs, uh, I always just go back to the Orlando Brown trade podcast. Yes. <laughs> that was so, I cannot overstate to people how long that podcast was, how much ground we covered talking mm -hmm. about tackles, mm -hmm. and how quickly it occurred. Like, it, it, you would think I was making it up, 
in terms of the timing of all of it. And like, it's one of the, it's one of the only times, Josh, I've ever seen you. Cause you're like me, you take bad feelings and you push them down. <laughs> Just shove them in there. You, you, and maybe you make, someday something will happen to you. You make some kind of pithy remark and it's like they don't even exist. And then hopefully, you know, one day you don't like freak out and grab an ax, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's, yeah. again, it's hard to things. say, you might, yeah. but right. you might not. And so in the meantime, <laughs> push him away. That's like the one of the only times, I think it was via text, where you were like genuinely upset. And I'm not sure how much I responded because, I, and I apologize because I'm not a good friend because I found it so funny. Because like, because you just don't, you don't usually express it even when you are upset. And I just, oh. So anytime Nate does that, it freaks me out. But anyway. Me too. I think about the, the day where we, we spent like 40 minutes talking about Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. And then oh, yeah. they cut one of them and we were like, okay, well, this sucks. I guess we could. So do yeah. we just do it? And then 20 minutes later, it wasn't even that. It was two minutes later. The other one got cut. Yeah. Like, well, this was some, back, it was some back to back stuff. People don't oh. know how close we were to times ours just ceasing to exist in that moment. Mm. It's like, no, from the tackle position alone. Yep, there is no point. We're all going to die alone. So <laughs> eat Arby's and Cheesecake so, Factory. And next, next gen stats tweeted this out. The Chiefs have gained 957 yards out of three tight end personnel groupings this season, including playoffs. The only offense over 700. And by the way, they didn't run quite as much of the, the three tight end type stuff the same way that they have in the AFC Championship because the mobility issue we needed for like play action, boots, that kind of stuff. But anyway, they're the only offense with only 700. They also lead the NFL with 14 touchdowns with three tight ends in the field. And they've averaged 7.7 yards per play. That's uh, That's not bad. And what a pivot by Big Red every year. He pivots to something. It's like, oh, you're going to play a bunch of two high? All right, we're going to put three uh, tight ends on the field. You decide if you want to play two high like that, and we're going to run the ball down your throat. Oh, you're going to do that? Okay. Hey, look, a really easy throw to, to you know, Noah Gray. That he takes another 20 yards because no one's around him. Like, it's just so cool. Like, the way Reed, 20 years in, more than 20 years in, just innovates and continues to just mess with what he does. Um, with all of that being said, as we rapidly approach the hour mark for this first edition of the Super Bowl Week pod, um, Nate, I, I really do, honest to God, want to hear anything that you thought was um, interesting or fun and funny, good for the audience from an entertainment perspective, good from an information perspective, whatever whatever it was that you experienced on Monday night. I am sure you had a ton of conversations. I'm sure some of those will reach their ways to the digital pages of The Athletic before long. Uh, but... Can you uh, can you share any stories from that that you felt like uh, might be might be good for the Times Ours crew? Yeah, um, uh, um, you know, Josh, I had a real nice conversation with Clyde Rizalier. Um, that'll be up, uh, I assume, on Wednesday. Um, just the idea of what he's had to do to, um, you know, be a good teammate. Understand that he's pretty much been healthy um, or available, I should say, for at least the last three weeks, basically when the playoffs started. Um, and then, you know, trying to be patient to get obviously an opportunity to play. Um, so that was, that was good. Um, you know, I had a really fun conversation with Chris Shea. I don't know if people know who that is, uh, but Chris Shea is one of the cap specialists in the front office of the chiefs, um, where he talked about the idea of like, 
Well, this proves it now that, you know, when Mahomes, kind of to Seth's point, um, you know, when Mahomes and, and, and Andy are together, like, really anything is a, is truly achievable. Like, we, we learned that last week against the Bengals. Um, so I thought that was cool. You know, Jody Fortson um, had people cheering for him in the stands of an NBA arena with no basketball being played. So good. And to think where we started this podcast and obviously seeing him for the first time in a preseason game that don't even exist anymore because it was, <laughs> it, was the, it was the fourth preseason game that he went off on the Green Bay Packers. Um, by the way, the Green Bay Packers have done a wonderful job for the Chiefs. They uh, have given Jody Fortson a career because uh, they could not cover him. And obviously, <laughs> Mark Westvalde-Scantlin, um, you know, really went through like, hey, I use a lot of that experience into other NFC Championship games when I wasn't obviously the number one receiver that was Devontae Adams so that he knew how to sort of adjust in the moment, in the game, you know, to be the number one receiver when they absolutely needed him to be that um, in the second half. I mean, it's it's um, it's great to know that, like, Colin Saunders is just, like, smiling and obviously, like, you know, he got to experience what a lot of these rookies experienced, which is, hey, I went to the Super Bowl my first year. I played in the game. Obviously, they won. Um, and now, you know, this is the final game of his rookie contract. And so it's a little bit of a bookend on what his four years have been with the team. Obviously, having to go through some injuries over the last two years. Um, I don't know if there was, like, anything, like, super duper funny to me other than, like, you know, the nonsense that uh, usually occurs on opening night. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything that like, you know, super jumped out to me. I mean, the, <laughs> the ability for Andy Reid to say, uh, I'm not going to pick. <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> Coach, cheese steaks are burnt ends. And he's like, not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating. People have made the comparison, of course, but like, you know, um, Nick Sirianni is like so happy to be there, um, for all the right reasons. I mean, his team has done an an amazing job getting here and Andy Reid's like, well, I'm glad to be back. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it's unreal. Um, I don't know if they become the Patriots yet. Uh, they they have to win Sunday to sort of probably reach that um, reach that you know atmosphere. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's it's been a fun time so far. Um, I think most of the guys have enjoyed it. Uh, I haven't talked to Frank Clark yet, so hopefully in the next episode I'll give you something uh, Frank Clark specific. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 exciting to know that. Uh, we should see a really fun game. Um, and I think there's multiple paths towards winning for both teams. Um, and so I know we're going to probably talk about more about the Chiefs defense in the next episode, and I'll do a bit of reporting on that. Um, but very reminiscent of 2019, I think some of the guys are feeling like, hey, the Eagles are getting more of the attention on the defensive line front. And again, maybe that motivates and sort of inspires uh, the Chiefs defensive line to uh, to be at their best on Sunday. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, it's not every day where 
the quarterback gets bombarded and then showed a picture of himself and then is asked to describe himself in three words. Has anybody ever done that to you guys? Not off the top of my head. Let me show you a picture and you politely tell me what this picture reminds you of yourself of an earlier time. <laughs> um, and of course, somebody asked him if, if Sunday's game was a must win. Of which <laughs> I did see that. Like, is Sunday's game a must win? It's like, what, what does that even mean? Like, I, I don't respect know. that one. Gosh, you know what? And that, yeah, the the, the hoopla, the extravaganza, it really, I, I don't know if it's because the day job's been killing me lately or what, but like, as much as I, I'm trying to churn out content and I, I've, I've enjoyed researching, writing about the stuff that I'm researching and writing about, it still has yet to hit me that this is the Super Bowl and I think the same thing's going to happen to me that happened with the AFC Championship where I'm going to be totally chill on Thursday too. And then about oh, half an hour, an hour before kickoff, um, I'm going to start losing my mind because my whole family's coming to watch. We're also going to have a retirement party for my dad. Shout out to my dad, Ron Kaiser. He's He, he retired after working for you know a long, 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 long time. And, and that's going to be great. It's going to be fun. And then I'm going to be a mess. So that, that's exciting. That's the oh. roller coaster that we all get on at the beginning of every oh. football season. Have the San Antonio Spurs had 10,000 fans in their in their arena this year? <laughs> they they had. They, they were. I, lo- I had it open for a while and then I closed it because I was like, there's no way we're going to go back to this. I think it was close to 17,000, like on average. Does that seem possible? What? I know. That's ticket sold. Come on now. Ooh, that's a great call. That's Come a great on. call. Hold um, on. Mark Mark Massey from the Washington Post says there were more than there were ten thousand fans in person on media night. So the the uh, the the Spurs on the ESPN and you're again this is probably tickets sold. Uh, attendance on average is seven. Oh, hold on, that's just that's including road games. All right, hold on, let me get no, yeah, that's home games. no, that's just home games. Okay, seventeen thousand okay. for the Spurs. The Thunder at the bottom with fifteen thousand. Uh, but uh, that seems pretty generous. I'm just saying it's full. I'll, I'll 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 adjust my statement for accuracy purposes. It's comparable to the San Antonio Spurs this season. And if we get the real numbers, it might just be that. Uh, all right, we'll have another episode later in the week. Nate's got to survive another round of Radio Row the next few days. Uh, we'll it'll, it'll be Thursday or Friday, kind of depending on how the chips fall on our end. In the meantime. Nate's going to be an absolute content machine, already has started. You can read his written work up on theathletic.com, and I have not yet gotten to listen to the Athletic Football Show with you on it, which makes me mad, uh, so I'm going to amend that very shortly. You can listen to Nate over there with Robert Mays uh, on the uh, the latest TAFS as well, plus Seth has a chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Talked about a couple of the latest articles up there already. More to come all across the board. So, Seth, if you've got anything, you can say it now, and then if not, or if you uh, say your thing and then you're done, we can let Nate get us out of here. We can get one podcast closer, Super Bowl 57. Mm. I am just waiting. I, I think we're a little early in the week. I assume by the time we get to Thursday, we are going to be responding to at least a few. Well, you know, hurt ceiling might be higher than Mahomes. Mm. And for the record, I really like Jalen Hurts. I think he's awesome. But I'm excited for that moment because the amount of times Patrick Mahomes is going to be tagged in that <laughs> is not under 20,000. Probably not. And I'm excited for once we reach that point in Super Bowl week. Should be fun. 
Just remember. I'm not excited for that. Go ahead, Nate. You're not excited for people to be excited about Jalen Hurts? Come on, man. Um, What a hater. What a hater. Yeah, that's what what I meant. (laughs) Well, hold on. Boy, it's weird to hear you guys twist my words on this podcast. I just got a quick out-of-body experience. Oh, no, I do that all the time. That's got to be pretty annoying. You can't even even tell he's mad. Um, I, I'll, I'll just say that, um, there was, there were some fans in the arena last night and the way I described it to Holly was Travis Kelsey just looked at him and it made their night. And then he walked over to them and they got even louder and it was like, man, okay. At least I feel like whatever these people pay to be in the arena that's great hopefully majority of them are in the are in the actual uh arena on super bowl sunday i just want to acknowledge one more time travis kelsey walked made eye contact and waved to chiefs fans acknowledged them as a star player always should and then of course jody fortson is nearby signing hats and jerseys. And I'm just going to say, has anybody on the San Antonio Spurs made a crowd that <laughs> joyful all what, season? Wait, what were you like a Heat fan back in the day? What did the Spurs do to you? I'm just saying it was. It, it reminded me of my days where, where someone would do a 360 jam and the crowd would go, wow, only it's Travis Kelsey not doing anything football related. And I just, I just think, you know, hey, maybe... You know, maybe maybe somebody in San Antonio made the trip and they just haven't heard that in a while, you know, because it is what it is, man. They're going through a rebuild, uh, you know. I just can't believe that the, that the NBA allowed the NFL into one of their arenas and they generated 10,000 people. Yeah, it's not. That's a tough. That's a tough scene for the NBA. I just, I just really appreciate you guys not making this a personal attack on the Phoenix Suns because that really could have, it could have been the Suns instead of the Spurs this whole time. And Nate was really kind. They're doing, they're doing, they're doing just fine. Maybe they'll trade for Durant. They're doing just fine. I would enjoy that very much. Yeah, yeah, ain't ain't nothing wrong with them. Dear James Jones. But yeah, just, uh, just, I can't believe it. I can't believe that they were like, I can't go somewhere else. And the NFL was like, (laughs) no. We gonna be in your spot. We want your house with ten thousand people screaming about Donna Kelsey. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs>